2020, WBSM presents Ray Lance and the USA Wealth Group alongside Phil Paleologos. Get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the program that really is so instructional. It is great for us to learn from, and most especially, speaking of greatness, it is always a a pleasure to be alongside Ray Lance, who does so much for the community, along with your wonderful Tenny. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Phil, and that was a great introduction. Thank you, sir. I want to make America No, 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 I promise I will not go there. (laughs) I simply want to make New Bedford great again, Phil. There you go. We want to make our clients great again. (laughs) That's right. That's a huge thing for us to be talking about this morning. (laughs) You're right. You know, Phil, I noticed something that we both have in common today. It looks like we both had a haircut this week. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, How does mine look? Yours looks pretty good. Yours looks awesome. So yours looks awesome also. Yeah, it makes us look younger, I think, I hope. I don't know. (laughs) Good morning, Attorney Michael Coleman. Good morning, how are you? Good morning, you Tenny Tenny Lance. Attorney Tenny Lance. It's hard to say. (laughs) Good morning, I know. It's always been a difficult combination of names. Little (laughs) tiny Attorney Tenny. (laughs) Well, welcome. We are privileged to have with us this morning uh, two of the most knowledgeable, experienced, and dare I say distinguished attorneys in the greater New Bedford region. Thank you for joining us this morning. We're going to be talking today about famous estates. We're going to be talking about some very famous people that you know that did really good planning, but also some people that didn't plan at all like Prince, for example, and a number of people like him. And then there's the Michael Jackson estate. Uh, But there's a lot of people that just haven't planned properly. You know, Robin Williams, Chief Justice Warren Berger. Boy, the list goes on and on and on of people who don't take the time. Well, what we'd like to encourage anybody listening today is to make sure that you don't end up like one of these famous people where – your family or other members of your uh, immediate clan are going to be scrabbling and squabbling over your assets in your estate. And so it's important to note that this is National Estate Planning Awareness Week. It is, isn't it? But we talk about this a lot. We, we tell people that, you know, if, if you don't have a plan, then the government has a plan for you. We've got some other great quotations So here's a quotation I'm going to start off with right away from Benjamin Franklin. Life's tragedy is that we get old too soon and wise too late. There used to be a little German expression. We get too soon old and too too late smart. I guess it was something like that. (laughs) But we want to tell you today some things that you can do to protect your family. And that's what this show is all about. How can you protect your family? How can you protect your money? And if you don't take the time to plan, then you can't do either. And you have some really unfortunate consequences. Uh, Ben Franklin also said, by the way, you may delay, but time will not. And finally, one more quotation from Ben Franklin. I'll get Ben out of the way this morning. By failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. So he had a lot of good, pithy little quotations, didn't he? That's because he wrote a newspaper, a weekly paper that he published in Philadelphia. So he had to come up with content all the time. 
But they didn't want Ben Franklin to write any of the Declaration. You know why? I didn't know that. Yes. No, they, they made a point. They said, we're afraid that he's going to crack a joke in the middle of it. They really did. That's right. I, I remember that. Yes, yes, I do remember that. Well, he was a very smart man, but he had some great things to say. And then. We've adopted a lot of his wisdom over the years. Mm-hmm. So you're listening this morning to MoneyWise, brought to you by USA Wealth Group. Every week, we are located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. You can reach us by going to the computer and putting in www.usawealthgroup.com. You can give us a call at 508-998-8858. So I want to ask Attorney Michael Coleman, and thank you for being here, Mike. Hi, good to be here. Thanks. Do you have an estate plan? I do, yep. And what does it consist of? What kind of documents? I have a, a living trust. Okay. I have a, a will, and I have some powers of attorney mm-hmm. and a nominee trust. Okay. Do you have provisions in your estate plan for your dog? I don't, actually. That's something I should look into. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, so, Tenny, do you have an estate plan? I do. I just want to ask Michael, is... Logan, your dog or your parents' dog? It's my parents' dog. That's oh, what I thought. Okay. Yeah. So then you can't really provide for his care. Well, I suppose or, you could. I guess, I mean, yeah, if something happened to them, maybe I would have some sort of fallback provision in my trust for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good point. Okay. So, um, Tenny, do you have an estate plan? I do. We've had one for many, many, many years. And what kind of documents does it consist of? I have a living trust, which includes my financial assets. I have my uh, pour over will, which would take over in case I forgot to put something in my trust. I have adorable power of attorney for property. I have health care documents and my condo, uh, both in Massachusetts and New Hampshire is in my nominee trust. Okay. Too much information, but that's all right. So do you have provision in your estate plan well, for it's thorough. Your, your pets? I do not. You are absolutely right. I should amend it. Okay. So both Mike and Tenny can put language in your trust with a simple amendment because you now do trust work, don't you, that can include provisions for pets. Right. Pet trusts. And that can be part of your revocable living trust. That's a fairly recent law here in Massachusetts. I would imagine that in your various practices, you've seen occasions when a pet in the household is probably more important than another individual person. Yeah, of course. There are uh, single people out there who don't have, maybe they don't have a spouse or they don't have children nearby, and they have a cat or a dog that's really important to them, and they want to provide for the that pet if something should happen to them. So, absolutely. Okay, well, the good news, ladies and gentlemen, is that you can make provisions for pets as well. You know, Phil, I'm going to be really glad when the uh, political season is uh, finally at a conclusion, won't you? Oh, I want to see this go on another four years straight. (laughs) I wonder if that could possibly happen. You know, one of my favorite uh, characters um, in history is Mark Twain, and I have to share two very important thoughts at this political time. Mark Twain said, patriotism is supporting your country all the time and your government when it deserves it. Mm. And then this is my favorite quotation, I think, from Mark Twain. He said, suppose you were an idiot 
And suppose you were a member of Congress, but I repeat myself. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like Will Rogers, too, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about famous estates. You know, just because people are rich and famous doesn't mean they make good decisions, does it, Tenny? Uh, Absolutely not. (laughs) So it's important for everybody to get advice, whether you're rich and famous or whether you're poor and not. Uh, But anything in between, you need to make some plans. So this is National Estate Planning Awareness Week, um, this week in October, and it was adopted in 2008 to help the public understand what is estate planning and why is it such an important piece of your overall finances, because it can be far more costly to your investments and what you want to leave to your family uh, than anything else that you can do. You know, forget whether you're going to make good interest in the bank or whether you're going to lose money in the stock market, if you don't have a good estate plan in place and a proper estate plan in place, you could lose a lot of money and so could your family, whether it's taxes or whether it's unnecessary legal fees. So proper planning is important. Um, Tony, let me ask you a question. What percentage of Americans do you think have not done estate planning? Oh, it's incredibly high. It's about two-thirds of the population. It's um, amazing that two-thirds or 66% or two out of every three have not even done a will. A simple will. Okay. Yep. Well, what happens if you don't do estate planning? Then the government has a plan, right? What's that called? Well, it sounds like a very bad disease. It's called intestacy. (laughs) And all that means is that you died without a plan in place. Well, there are lots of famous figures in history, and I know you talk about some of them when you do your seminars, who haven't done estate planning. They've paid taxes or administration expenses they didn't have to. I'm going to give you the first one, Harry Truman, former president of the United States. He had a 37% reduction in the value of his estate because he didn't do proper planning. His gross estate at the time was $747,000. He paid over $90,000 in settlement costs, that's legal fees, and he paid $188,000 in death taxes. So he paid $279,000 in cost. He lost 37% of his estate because he didn't do planning. And you would think that a president of the United States would have access to good advice, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. By the way, Imodium is really good for intestinal. What was that again? Intestacy. <laughs> Just take Imodian, you or whatever it's called. You'll be fine. I, well, sure. I, I thought that was for... Yes, it is. <laughs> we won't, we won't go, go there. there. <laughs> That's when you say, oh, something. That's right, doctor. <laughs> Heavens is the word. That's it. All right. How about Marilyn Monroe? Anybody ever heard of Marilyn Monroe? Mm. I have to give you one more because they have a great quotation from Marilyn Monroe. So Marilyn Monroe, uh, she died back in 1962. She had a 21% reduction in her estate. When you hear some of these numbers, you say, wow, I would have thought they had a lot more money than that. Mm. But back then. But back then it was still worth, you know, a multiple of what it was then. So she had a gross estate of $819,000, Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. Uh, she paid out $20,000, or her estate did, for settlement cost, and $154,000 in death taxes. 21% was lost in her estate. But she probably had 
other things on her mind. So I was looking for some quotations from Marilyn Monroe, and she was asked the question, what do I wear in bed? Why, Chanel number five, of course. (laughs) That would make for a great ad. (laughs) I think it might have been at one point. I think that was. Uh Well, let's talk about some um, famous estates, uh, Tenny and Mike, and we've talked about some of these in the past. But the most important thing I think you need to talk about is the fact that if you don't have a plan for yourself, the government has this plan of intestacy. And what does that mean? Do you have to go to court, first of all? Well, yes. If your name is on something and you don't have uh, any will, the court will determine where that asset is going to go. That's what a intestacy is all about. You have to go to court in order to get the name changed on that asset. So give me an example of somebody who took a long time going through probate, for example. Well, there was a famous uh, Olympic runner that you may remember, Florence Griffith Joyner. And it took a very long time because she didn't have proper documents for her estate to be settled. Um, I I just want to mention that what is very interesting to me is that Forbes, one of the prominent magazines in the uh, money field, had a, an article recently saying five documents you need to avoid costly estate planning errors. And the first is the durable power of attorney that we mentioned. Second is advanced medical directives. Third is a will. Fourth is letter of instructions so that people know uh, what your desires are for your body and so forth. And fifth is a living trust. So um, if Forbes recommends it, why should we not recommend it as well? Well, you do that, obviously, and, yep. and um, you know you do that, and Michael does that as well. Uh, briefly, back to uh, Florence Griffith Joyner. Um, she had a will, but she hid it so well that they couldn't ever find her will. And it took four years to go through probate and to probate her estate and to close it out. So it's not enough, even if you've done a will, if you've done a trust, you have to let somebody know where your documents are, I guess. So let me ask you, you mentioned uh, that you might do a trust instead. So, Michael, can we talk just for a minute about doing a living trust? If you've done a living trust, why is it called a living trust, first of all? Well, you do it while you're alive. Okay. Um, So you would have to sign the trust. In order to do that, you have to be living. I guess that would make Um, sense because you can't do it when you're dead, right? Right, right. (laughs) Um, so if you, I mean, if you have a trust, you can put assets into the trust, and you would name a successor trustee to take over if something happened to you, and you could avoid court with this document and make sure that your wishes are carried out by your successor trustee. They have a duty to do that. Okay. So, but when you do a trust, you have to do something more than just sign a document, don't you? you right. You have to fund it. Yep. You have to put assets into the trust. So bank accounts, investment accounts, real property, that can all go into the trust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you ever hear Michael Jackson? I have, yes. Did you ever listen to his music? Yep. When I was a young man in the 80s, <laughs> I, I loved Michael Jackson. I remember dancing around on my kitchen floor. Oh, we'll have to see that sometime. Wow. <laughs> well, there are no videos. <laughs> no, but, no, I mean right now no, no, we no, can no. see it now. No, that was a long time ago. All right, we're going to take a poll on the radio. How many people would like to see Michael Coleman 
doing the moonwalk. No, no, no. <laughs> not going to happen. By the way, I think there's a Michael Jackson bobblehead in the studio. That's it. Oh, yeah. there is, isn't there? <laughs> so you get two bobbleheads in, in the studio here, ladies and gentlemen. We have uh, Michael Jackson and uh, somebody with a number 12 on their shirt. Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, when Michael Jackson died, his estate was estimated to be worth $7 million, but then the IRS basically contested and challenged the value of the estate and said that it could be worth as much as a billion dollars or more because of the value of all of his song copyrights and intellectual property law and so forth. And they tried to assess $500 million in back taxes and $197 million in fines and penalties. But there was something really important that Michael Jackson did not do. He did a trust, but he failed to do something very important. Yeah, I guess he failed to fund his trust. Um, so we didn't put any assets in the trust, which so is a problem. <laughs> if you, so here's a big mistake that some people make. If you do a trust, but you haven't put your assets in it, you may as well have not bothered to do a trust Right. In the first place. And when we meet with clients, we always tell them, we point out the documents that they need um, to use at the bank, or we'll do a deed for them to get their property into a trust. So it's an important thing to do. And we have you know meetings every three to five years with clients. We try and follow up with them. And one of the things we do is to make sure that they've put their assets into the trust. I was wondering, Michael... Does it take a long time to do this? You know, if some of our listeners are interested in coming by the office, is it a long, drawn-out affair? Um, no. What we like to do is have a meeting with the clients to look at their assets and figure out the best plan for them. Uh, once we've done that and figured out what they should do, uh, we try and generate the documents, um, and then we'll have another meeting to go over everything and have them sign and make sure everything is the way they want it to be. So it can be a month um, from beginning to end. Depending. But I know you've also had situations, uh, Tenny, haven't you, when you've had people with emergencies, somebody about to go into a hospital and all of a sudden they panic and they get religion at the last minute and say, I better get my affairs in order. Yeah, there seem to be two factors that uh, make people come into the office on a, a rush basis. One is uh, medical, and one is if they're going away on vacation, they suddenly realize that maybe both members of a couple are going on an airplane, and they better get some plans in place in case anything should happen. So sometimes when people are taking a vacation, they're going to fly to Hawaii or something like that. All of a sudden, they think, oh my gosh, I need to get my estate plan in order. And then they want to do it on a rush basis, I guess. Right, and we can almost always accommodate them unless they're leaving that afternoon, and even then we might be able to help, but generally we have time to do that. And the other thing I find is that sometimes people come in um, wanting to do planning because their parents or someone they know didn't do planning, mm -hmm. and they had to go through a tough process with their estate, so they realize how important it is to actual, actually come in and make a plan for themselves. Or a family member. I, I met with somebody not for estate planning, but for financial and retirement planning uh, just in the past few days. And uh, she, this lady had a brother who just died at the age of 50 unexpectedly with a wife and children. Mm -hmm. We've seen it in our own community. Nobody ever knows. So take the time to plan. Take the time to get things in order. Let's come back to a few other famous people who didn't plan. You know, one of the things about some of the rock musicians is – not only do they sometimes live a tough lifestyle, but they also think, well, I'm young, you know, nothing's going to happen to me. But then you have somebody like Jimi Hendrix, 
never did any planning at all, and he died at the age of 27 without a will. And what happened then, Tenny? Well, um, apparently his estate was worth something like $80 million. Um, he, he, he did not have good documents, and the estate was contested for some time. Um, he apparently never wrote a will. So that's called intestacy then when you don't have a will. But even if you've done a will, then you're called testate, and you're the testator who makes the will. So what happens when a person dies and they've done a simple will? You still have to go to probate court, right? That's right. A will is absolutely better than nothing, but better than a will is a trust because the only purpose of a will is to approach the probate court and ask the probate court to appoint somebody to be a personal representative and to ask the court for permission to distribute the assets. So a will is sort of like your ticket to probate, and what are some of the problems of going through probate? It's it's lengthy. It uh, can take up to a year to do a relatively simple probate because that's the time that creditors of the estate have to place their claim. Um, it takes usually several months to even get appointed personal representative. That's the new term for executor. Um, and then once you get appointed, you can begin assembling the inventory of assets. But before that, nobody will talk to you. The banks won't let you um, have any information at all. We have a case right now where uh, a man's wife died very unexpectedly, and we know that she had assets in a particular bank. But when the husband went to ask the bank, uh, about that, they wouldn't even tell him how much it was, say nothing about giving him access to that. Hmm. But if you have a will and you have to file that in probate court, Mike, that's a public document also, isn't it? It is public, so everyone, anyone who wants to can go to the probate court and look at the documents. They can have access, they can see who was provided for in your will, um, who got what, so anyone could go in and see that. As opposed to a trust, um, that's a, a private document. It doesn't have to be filed in court. So no one would know who you're giving your assets to, how much they're getting. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why really a great thing about a trust is that no one would even know if you've done it, really. So if you're really interested in finding out what somebody has in their will, I mean, this could be a really interesting hobby for somebody, couldn't it? Just yeah, if they had wait a lot of time on their hands, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's some interesting things you see in wills sometimes. Uh, the uh, infamous Queen of Mean, Leona Helmsley in New York. Uh, she died. Here's, her will went to probate. She had um, too much money, basically. She was a widow of Harry Helmsley, who was a multi-billionaire. Um, I think everybody who lives in New York must be a multi-billionaire, or at least they may claim to be. But uh, she was very concerned about her dog. She had a dog, and the dog's name was Trouble which is very wonderful. And she wanted to make sure the dog was to be taken care of. So this is why I was asking you about, is your pet provided for in mm -hmm. your trust? But she left her pet $12 million. So here's what happens, Henny, or tell us what happened when she left her dog $12 million, but at the same time she left her dog trouble $12 million, she left nothing for two of her grandchildren. So right, and... Um if, if the other two grandchildren wanted everything, they had to visit uh, 
the grave at least once every year. I don't know how they were going to prove that to anybody. but. So here's another problem with wills. There was a will contest in her case because lawyers representing the two grandchildren who were cut out of Leona's will filed a contest contest and ended up basically getting a $6 million settlement in favor of the two grandchildren who were excluded from her will. And the dog trouble's bequest was reduced from $12 million to $2 million. Oh, the poor little thing. <laughs> I mean, that's a. He probably heck of a only lot of dog ate food. canned food after that as opposed to that's fresh we, lobster. We need to buy some begging strips. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you, you can see that one coming. <laughs> Well, so some people have too much money and do stupid things, but the amusing thing for us is that you get to see a copy of their will, and it's a public record. Mm -hmm. And if you do stupid things in the will sometimes, or if you weren't competent, then a will can also be challenged, right? Right, absolutely. So a lot of reasons not to do simple wills, but it makes for uh, interesting stories and interesting press. So you can avoid publicity, you can save money, you can avoid costs. Um, Tenny, I have a quotation which I have to put my fingers on here that I got especially for you. And this is not exactly about um, – well, it's about Prince Charles, I have to tell you. So we're oh, going to come back right after person. the break. And I'm going to give you a very important story about Prince Charles. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about famous estates. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to MoneyWise, brought to you by USA Wealth Group. Please take time to visit our website, usawealthgroup.com, or uh, Mike, what's your website for the law firm? For Lance Law, it's lancelawinc.com. And there's lots of useful information. And what's your phone number, Mike? Uh, 508-998-8800. So give them a call if you have questions about doing an estate plan. They'd be happy to meet with you. And uh, Attorney Tenny Lance, do you charge for initial consultation for estate planning? No, for estate planning, we uh, do not charge for initial consultations. And those initial consultations usually last about an hour and a half so that we can become familiar with you and know what your needs and your wants are. So we're talking about why you need to take time to do estate planning and what happens when some very famous people that we all know did not do proper planning. But this is not a quotation that's exactly on point, but I have to explain that um, as long as I've known Tenny, she's always been a fan of Prince Charles in England, and I never could figure out why, because I always thought he was a little peculiar, and I guess some of his history reflects that as well. So here's a quotation from Robin Williams. Robin Williams said, when you look at Prince Charles... Don't you think that someone in the royal family knew someone in the royal family? <laughs> you know, that's really not fair because he's a very bright man. He has lots of charities that deal with environmental issues. He's a very concerned person. Um, always wanted to marry him. Rats. It's too late now, baby. <laughs> Uh, or maybe not. You never know. <laughs> right. But in any event, we are talking about uh, famous people who did good estate planning, famous people who did not do good estate planning. So let's continue down this road a little bit further. 
Um, what do you think about the Supreme Court Justice Warren Burger, who died without an estate plan? I think that's a great I, story. <laughs> I was amazed by that when I looked at that in detail. He had his own typed will, typed on his home computer, and it was 176 words in total. It was like one page long, filled with spelling errors and other inadequacies, says the report. <laughs> he failed to give his executors the power they needed to sell real estate or pay taxes or otherwise manage his estate. Therefore, his executors had to get a probate court permission to dispose of his property. Absolutely incredible. So here's a man that any lawyer or law firm in Washington, D.C. would have been happy to prepare his estate plan for free just to claim the prestige of having done his estate plan. But he did it by himself. He did it wrong. And uh, he ended up paying taxes of $450,000 on a $1.8 million estate. So, Well, I think that, that goes to the point that if you're going to do your estate plan, you really need to do it with people who work in that area because the law has become very, very specialized. Obviously, Chief Justice Berger was a very, very bright man, but he didn't know his estate planning. So what about somebody like uh, Ted Williams? You know, speaking of unusual, strange, bizarre <coughs> circumstances, Ted Williams did not do proper planning, and he lost his head. <laughs> Literally. Fortunately, he was already dead. Yes, it was after he had passed away that he lost his head. But what happened is that because he didn't do proper planning, uh, his children fought instead about what to do with his body. Um, one, and he had conflicting documents. One document said that he should be cremated. Another one said that he should be preserved by being frozen until some time that he might be able to be reactivated and reanimated. Um, and there were court battles and so forth. But in the meantime, his head was removed and kept in one facility. His body was kept in another facility. And then later, the family couldn't afford to pay the money to keep all the parts frozen. <laughs> That's sort of like an extreme, gross, bizarre case. But the message is obvious. You need to do proper planning, proper review. Nobody is immune from doing stupid things. So let's talk about some other examples. Um, how about Prince? Mike, do you have any information about Prince that you could give us? I have a little bit of information. One of the things I think um, is interesting about Prince is that there was a question about whether he had a will or not. Um, and there was a petition filed by his sister in the probate court. And one of the interesting things about that is that uh, he may have done an estate plan, but no one knows about it. So all his affairs are private as of this point, um, as far as I know, which is a good thing about doing a trust. And there were hundreds of people who have come forward claiming to be a child of his. Right, yeah. Which is sort of like a physical impossibility. <laughs> well, you never know. Well, maybe no. not. Maybe not. <laughs> but in any event, so if you want to have your estate fought over, and I'm sure we have people in this community that could tell the same story about their own families because mm -hmm. somebody in their family died. They didn't take the time to have proper documents done ahead of time, and there were disputes and there were fights and so forth. Uh, Tenney, Attorney Tenney Lance, I know you've seen some situations over the years of family members fighting over foolish things and 
monies? Oh, I, I remember this terrible situation where we finally put a mother and daughter in a separate room because they were arguing with, arguing with each other and they continued to argue for about an hour and a half about the yellow chair in the living room and who was to get it. Um, but they had to be kept in separate rooms? Well, no, we put them together in one room so that um, so that they could argue it out. But in another case, sure, we had sisters who we kept in separate rooms because they couldn't be in the same room together. Mm. No, it's it's uh, fairly sad. But these yep. things happen. And you can avoid this if you do planning, if you take the time to prepare. Um, how about Whitney Houston? Um, do you have information on Whitney Houston, or shall I give that information? So Whitney Houston died. Um uh, she drowned in 2012, and she did have a will, but it wasn't quite updated. It was drawn one month before the birth of her only child. So she did the will before she even gave birth to her only child, which is her daughter, uh, Bobby Christina Brown. And the will had never been revised. So all those years, she never updated her will, never did a trust, didn't update her, didn't update her estate plan. And her fortune increased to more than $20 million. Well, um, when Whitney Houston died, her daughter, uh, Bobby Christina, was 18. And under the will's terms, she got 10% of the estate, $2 million at the age of 18. And Excuse me, she got $2 million when she turned 21, and the rest she got later. But because her will wasn't updated... Uh, there was no consideration given to whether the young lady was mature or could handle it or not. And uh, unfortunately, she also drowned herself in 2015, uh, the daughter. Um, she died as a result of drowning and drug intoxication. So she clearly wasn't fit. The will hadn't been updated in 18 years and uh, just a sad situation. So even famous people make foolish mistakes when it comes to planning. So what other examples do you have on, on your list that you might like to talk about, Mike or Tanny? Uh, I think James Gandolfini is an interesting case. Um, again, a, a famous man with a lot of money, um, but apparently he had just a will, and it wasn't even a good will at that. Uh, when he passed away, his estate was exposed to $30 million in tax, apparently. Wow. So doing a trust or other other advanced planning could have really cut down on that tax. Hmm. Have you ever heard of Orlando Bloom, yep. a well-known actor? He once said, my first priority is trying to protect my family. And that's what more and more people need to think about. Mark Wahlberg, originally from Boston, mm -hmm. he still has family members in Boston, well-known actor, said, for me, family always comes first. I would do anything to protect them. And that's how most people think when it comes to planning and protecting your family. If I asked anybody listening to the show today, what's the most important priority you have? It would be protecting your family. What's your second most important priority? It would be protecting your money. And that's what we talk to people about all the time. Danny, give us some other examples of famous people and what they ended up paying and how they did their planning. Well, I think um, Princess Diana is a, a good example of somebody who died young and very unexpectedly, of course. And so when she died in 1997 in her 30s, um, she had a will, but they had some the, the will had some vague terms in it. 
and the trustees continued to battle for quite a long time over beneficiaries of what was her $30 million estate. But uh, apparently she did not do proper, thorough estate planning. So I found that interesting. Well, just a couple more specific points on uh, Princess Diana. Uh, She left um, one quarter of her chattels and jewelry and so forth to her 17 godchildren, and she left uh, three quarters of her collection of all of her personal belongings, jewelry and so forth, to her children, uh, Prince William and Prince Harry. And because she didn't expect to die and she hadn't done a proper estate plan, uh, the executors had to petition the court in England to delay distributions to her children, her sons, until they each turned 30 and uh, gave the 17 godchildren one item each rather than one quarter of the value of all of her personal property. So they had to actually go in and petition the court to make modifications to her will. Um, So... The other thing is that um, the changes that she had made were undisclosed for a number of years. Um, The godchildren were outraged when they found out the changes were being made. And rather than getting one quarter of the personal property, which would have been worth about $160,000, each godchild received what some called a tacky memento. So this is why you create disputes in family situations and even in family situations. So the main lesson of this is that um, if you just leave letters and notes, they're not necessarily going to be honored. Personal property that's valuable does need to be mentioned specifically in a will or a trust. And every once in a while, I know I've seen somebody that says, I have a very valuable single diamond ring that's worth $100,000, you know, and that sort of a thing. But you have to spell out what your wishes are, and you have to do it with clarity And you have to do it with legal formality. Handwritten wills are not recognized, and wills need to be witnessed by two people, and they need to be notarized. Now, Tenny, let's say I don't have a big estate. I'm, well, relatively poor, or you know what I mean. Do I still need to do this if I don't have a lot of assets? Our um, cutoff point for doing... Uh, any kind of trust is about $250,000 in net assets. That usually means if you have just a house, you ought to do a trust. Now, even if you have $10 in the bank, you ought to do a will. But if you have more than that, we think you should consider doing a living trust. And that's for ease of administration. It's for cost savings. It's for time savings, all those sorts of things. So, yes, If you don't have a large estate, it's still extremely important to have an estate plan. And sometimes even people with modest estates don't plan properly, even well-known people like uh, Gary Coleman, you know, a well-known actor, a very uh, one-time child star of uh, different strokes. He died at the age of 42 in 2010. He didn't leave much. He had a He had a modest home with a mortgage on it and some TV royalties. That was his estate. So it wasn't a huge estate compared to some of the others that we've been mentioning this morning. Um, But he had a common-law wife, and he didn't handle it properly. He did a codicil to his will in 2009. He left everything 
to this woman named Shannon Price, who claimed to be his common-law wife. Um, they weren't legally married. And then he left nothing uh, to the his longtime friend and former chief of his corporation, nothing. So it became a will contest. Even this very modest estate, very little assets, became a will contest. And the judge ruled in 2012 that there was never an actual wedding, and the codicil that he attempted to prepare leaving everything to this common-law wife was invalid. And the original person who was his close friend and ran his business affairs basically ended up with everything. But it was modest. So we're not talking just about uh, wealthy people here. Now, Tenny, how about some people who have done good estate planning? Um, Do you have any examples of wealthy people that might have done proper estate planning? Well, you may remember Joan Rivers and... Joan Rivers was a famous actress, comedian, and and so forth, businesswoman. And her estate was somewhere around $200 million in assets. And she had um, good documents in place and was able to, um, therefore, leave her estate properly to her daughter. Um, And... I'm trying to think about other things about Joan that I could... But she did proper planning, so you didn't have will contests and things of that nature involved. Yes. She made uh, arrangements for her dogs. Uh, She left very clear arrangements about what she wanted for her funeral and memorial service. And uh, she had talked to her family ahead of time about what she had wanted, and so they were prepared. Um, And her assets were properly titled in her trust. So uh, Joan Rivers is a good example of what to do. And she died unexpectedly too, didn't she? Wasn't yes. it the surgery mm-hmm. that she had gone through and got yes. an infection? So. Yes. Sonny Bono, Sonny and Cher. Sonny, died, Sonny Bono died in 1998 without a will. There in were, a ski accident. Yep. There were multiple court actions against the estate. Um, Cher filed a claim for back alimony that he owed. Uh, There was a court action filed by somebody who claimed to be a long-lost son, and a good chunk of his estate was lost to legal fees. Now, here's somebody else I'd like to talk about. Frank Sinatra died in 1998. His estimated gross estate was $200 million. Uh, Very few details are known about his estate because many years before his death, he did a living trust. And according to his attorney, Mr. Sinatra, like most of us, had most of his assets in a living trust, and that is never public information. So he's a good example of somebody who did good planning. Of course, the ones that died without doing planning are often more interesting and more fun, aren't they? Um, How about the fellow who played Batman, Heath Ledger? Again, his is a story of Uh, somebody who dies young, doesn't do proper planning. He died in 2008, um, and he inadvertently left out a child. He had an old will. It was created before his daughter was born. He had about a $20 million estate that went to his parents and sisters rather than to go to this other child. So the language in this case says, A will should always have language that references any of your natural-born children, adopted, or or stepchildren, and any offspring you may have in the future. So let me ask that question about you, Mike. 
if you're doing a trust or a will or an estate planning document that is intended to benefit somebody who may have one child but they're planning to have more, do you usually have language that says additional children born will also be share in the estate? We do. Um, by the way, Heath Ledger played the Joker, not Batman. Oh, it was the Joker? Yeah. Oh, okay, thank you for that. <laughs> Great performance, too. Yeah. Um, he was a good actor. Yeah, normally we put language in there um, for future born children. Um, but what we do say is that if you do have more kids, you really want to come back into an attorney and, and specifically provide for them. Mm. Well, the other interesting thing is people say... I don't want to get too detailed. I know that my uh, sister will take care of her children if anything should happen to me or whatever. And uh, I want people to know that it's not as easy uh, to actually distribute to others after somebody has died as you might think. You've got gift taxes to worry about, all kinds of things like that. So be as specific as possible. Just a quick follow-up note on Heath Ledger. Although his old will left everything to his um, parents and three sisters, um, later, even though they had recovered this money for, the, for those individuals, uh, they created estate plans themselves that left their assets to this daughter that he had forgotten to include. So there was sort of a good ending to the story, but you know, a lot of aggravation in the meantime if you don't plan. Right, yeah. And that's the most important point. So let's talk about some of the other people on this list in terms of one of my favorites of all time is Anna Nicole Smith. <laughs> in what way, Ray? Oh, she, she had an interesting story. A nice personality. Time. She had a nice personality. <laughs> um, or at least she put up a good front about it. Oh, we won't Whoa. go any further. <laughs> but you might recall she married a... <laughs> she married somebody who was significantly older than than uh, she was and uh, when the much much older gentleman husband died anybody remember what his name was Anna Nicole Smith married somebody with big bucks yeah daddy warbucks <laughs> yeah how old was he like 90 he was about 90 oh yeah. my god she was about 30 Oh, my gosh. No wonder the poor guy died. <laughs> Got exhausted. Yeah. So this is a story of Beauty and the Beast. Oh. <laughs> but the Beast had a lot of money. So there were uh, legal disputes. There was a battle with the uh, her wealthy husband's children, uh, millions of dollars in legal fees, all kinds of legal issues, because she also died suddenly. There was a 15-year court battle, and... The court found that her late husband was mentally fit when he signed off on the will, leaving $1.6 billion to her, to his son, oh, not her. She goodness. got a settlement out of it, but she didn't get his $1.6 billion estate. Well, that's something that's um, always important to note, the time it takes to go through probate. If anybody contests a pro probate action, then you're pretty much guaranteed years of court battle because the court just doesn't proceed that quickly. So uh, get your documents in place if you want to have things settled quickly. So the message today is that wealthy, rich, famous people make stupid mistakes also. And anybody listening today, you can make better choices and better decisions and you can do a better job and you don't want to 
do some of these silly things that other people have done. I mean, it would be nice to have some of those huge fortunes, but uh, take the time to plan. Um, Attorney Michael Coleman, I'd like to, first of all, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. And Attorney Tenny Lance, I'd like to thank you for being here today. Thank you very much. It's always fun to look at the lives of the rich and famous and to see what they do with their money. And in the end, they're really no different than any of us in this room are or any of you listening are. They really aren't. They just have more money, perhaps. Um, They may be more glamorous in some ways, but we all have the same ability to make proper choices. So, Mike, give us your phone number if somebody would like to make an appointment to come see you. Right, yeah, give us a call. It's 508-998-8800. And we do have a website if you wanted to go on there and learn some more about who we are and what we do. It's lancelawinc.com. Okay, and thank you for listening to Money Wise, brought to you every week by USA Wealth Group. And, uh, Tenny, do you have any last words that you want to say? Remember, it's estate planning week. Good. Please get your estate planning documents in place. And do it for your family. And uh, do it for your money, but most of all, do it for your family. There's nothing more important than taking care of your family and protecting your family. And that's what this show is all about. That's what the folks at Lance Law is all about. Their goal is to make sure that you can properly take care of your family so you don't have aggravations later thank you so much for listening thank you phil and thank you uh, for being good friends with us thank you